0: I wanted to share a little bit tonight, just, just a, it could be like how many, you know, I mean it could be like a five part series, but we're going to do it in, in one evening, so it uh, won't be a problem, I can talk fast and hopefully you can hear fast, so uh, Lord anoint our ears so that we can hear faster uh, than, 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 than we thought we could, so that we can get the things down that we need to get down. If you need to, to maybe hear some of this again or whatever, you can check it out online, that's where all our stuff is. At victorylafayette.org you can check it all out there but i'm like many of you probably uh i i i am a little bit enamored with uh reality television uh you know it, it's uh it's it's everywhere it, it it started in the year 2000 there were four reality tv shows uh and, and in the year 2010 there were 320 reality tv shows so just in those 10 years in that decade in that period they they had grown from four to three hundred and twenty. Now there, there's a reason we're all that's that's why they do it. We're all enamored. We're all watching. You watch Bridezillas, Mike. You know you do. You can't get enough of Bridezillas. It's uh, it's probably all you watch on whatever night that is. I I've have seen that. I, you know I mean it, there's there's a there's a show for everything. If you like porcupines who are hooked on snails and they can't get off snails because there's a show about porcupines hooked on snails. I mean, they, they have a reality TV show for everything, and we can't stop watching. Every, I mean, we all and, and I have kind of in, in my own world, I kind of break it down in I kind of break it down into a, a, couple, different, a couple different things. And for me, as I, as I begin to watch, sometimes, you know, you like to watch reality TV because you just want to see some people who are worse off than you. I mean, you know, have you have been watching all these shows and you look at it and think, oh, well, it ain't that bad, honey. We're all right. <laughs> You're wanting to walk off a bridge or you think the, the world's coming to an end in your life and you just can't take any more than you turn on TV and you go, oh, there's a long way to the end. I've seen this guy over here. It's, we got a lot of room. So sometimes, you know, when you spend time doing those kind of things, you're watching because you want to see people who, who have it worse than you. Other times, I just want to see people who are like me. You know, you watch shows, and those are people who are like you, like, like a pickers. You know, maybe you're a picker, and you just love to go from garage sale to garage sale. So when those guys go around and pick things all the time, that just fires you up because that's, that's who you are. You, you see the beauty in an old hubcap or an old bottle cap or an old pack of cigarettes or whatever that was and that somebody's collecting or an old sign. You see all that. And then there are other shows that you watch, and this is where we, you know, we have to be careful in all the things that we watch and all the things that we bring in. But there are other shows that we watch because really secretly on the inside, that's who we want to be. And many times, it, 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 it's, it's, it's what keeps us stuck in a place, because we see on TV that these people have opportunities or we see on TV this guy who has this car we see on TV this person who has this job i know some of you want to be swamp loggers and that's all you can do. i mean that's all you can think about you want to be axemen and swamp loggers and you just want to drive around with that guy that's in the middle of the swamps who's a hillbilly and wears overalls with no shirt and drives his boat with a bandana and whatever with his dog on his side and that's who you want to be so if you want to be a, if you want to be that that's great but you got to be careful because you can only be what God created you to be. And we watch reality TV because we think that, you know, we've been told and we've been sold this, I think, probably a lie that says really, truly, reality TV is real. Well, it's really, it's really not so real. You know, I mean, people do at times, I suppose, live in some of those scenarios. But really, reality for you is what the Word says about you and what's going on in your life and how God says you can be an overcomer. Uh, reality isn't what you saw on tv how often do you get put on an island in the middle of nowhere with nothing and you you have to fight to to stay on the island instead of be voted off if i'm on that island i'm saying vote me off today because y'all are eating worms and dirt and it's nasty here and i haven't showered for 14 days and i want to go home see how often how often does that happen how often do you get stuck in the big brother house you know, with all these cameras watching you, do you all like me? And he knows a lot of TV. I, I watch TV. I watch reality TV a lot. I've got a son who tapes every reality thing that's on. If you want to watch, uh, who knows? He's got some hillbilly show about moonshiners that he watches. He and his mother can't get enough of that. What is that one? Moonshiners. Is that the name of it? I don't know what it is, but it's about these guys who go off in the woods and make moonshine. Boy, they just, And he hollers up from downstairs, Mom, the moonshiner show's on. And she runs downstairs. They I hope they don't want to be moonshiners. <laughs> I don't know what it's about, but but that's uh, about Mega moonshine, right? It's, it's, there's a show for everybody. I mean, there really is. But you got to realize what you're seeing on TV. Really, truly, is it's influencing people. It went from they went from four shows to 320 shows in 10 years. There's a reason, because because we're all watching. And there's a reason that advertisers are actually going to these shows and they're putting, it's called product placement. So every time you see somebody on American Idol and they have a Coca-Cola thing, there, there's a reason for that. Because you watch, you watch American Idol over and over and over again, eventually you get a little craving for Coke because they're, they're pumping all of their products. You'll see Apple products on TV now all the time. Those are product placements. The advertisers are putting them there. Why? Because you're watching and what you're watching is influencing who you are. And as you're influenced by the things that are on TV, when you're influenced by the stuff that those people are drinking or watching or the computers they use or all those kind of things, subconsciously, all that stuff's working on the inside. In the last year, last year, there were uh, over, almost over, a little over 10 million plastic surgery procedures done in the U.S., and, and, and of, that, of that particular group, uh, of the first-time plastic surgery people, because apparently you can keep going back over and over and over again, of the first-timers, 78% of them were influenced by reality television. Somebody they saw on TV, somebody they saw on a show, somebody that had this life or had this whatever or looked this particular way. I, I mean, those things are beginning. People want to fix. See, we all, we, we all may be looking at it trying to find somebody who's worse off than us. That's because we feel worse off. See, we may be looking around to see what other people are doing, the ones that are better than us, because we want to be, we want to be better. And, and the, what the world has sold us in the package of goods that we've kind of started to receive is this idea that says, if you can get enough plastic surgery, or if you can just do this or do that. We look at a lot of outward things and not necessarily focus so much on the inward fix. See, the church is about the inward fix. Christ came so that there could be an inward fix. And if you'll get the inward fix taken care of, it will manifest itself outwardly. But if we continually search for an outward fix, then the inward fix will never get satisfied. That we'll always be struggling, we'll always have issues, and we'll always be dealing with those things. So as we look at these TV shows, we're not necessarily lining ourselves up. And please don't judge yourself by the mirror that you see in your television. Judge yourself by the mirror that's in this word. Because really, truly, this is the thing that we look into and we see who we are. See, we look into the mirror that's natural and we might not see great beauty. But as we look into this thing, it always reflects Jesus, and it always reflects his beauty in us. So it's not necessarily what you see on TV that's real. It's what's written in here that's real. God has always been about great makeovers. See, do the, the, you need a makeover? He's always been about extreme makeovers. See, God was always about that from the beginning of the time until today. That's why Jesus came. It was the greatest makeover story, I guess. You know, we're continuing our Easter theme or whatever of restoration, those different things. Jesus was about makeovers everywhere that he went. See, everywhere that he went, he was touching somebody's life. He was changing somebody. He was helping somebody. He brought sickness, or he brought, he brought health for sickness. He always, he was the blind guy, and what did he do? He didn't make him more blind. When he saw the blind guy, he, he made him see. There was a deaf person on the scene. He didn't make them more deaf. He, he didn't make their shoes better. He made them hear. See, there were people who were sick, and he healed them. People had questions, and he answered them. And people's lives were radically changed in those moments and in that time. You guys know the list, and I don't have to go back and read you a bunch of people or a bunch of lists, but God was always into makeovers. If you go back and look in the story of all the people in the Bible, Abraham was extremely old. You may think today as you watch TV, there's no way you could be who God called you to be. That all that stuff that you see on TV, that's just out of touch, it's out of reach or whatever that might be. Not with God. It says in the word of God in Matthew that with man it's it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Abraham was too old, but God God remade all of that situation. It says Joseph was abused. Right? He was beaten by his brothers and thrown into a pit and slavery and all those kind of things, and God made his whole life over, redid everything. Rahab was a prostitute, yet she saved the spies and hid them. And in the end, when, when, when Jerusalem, when they, when they marched around the walls of Jericho, when they did that and, and the walls all fell down, well, who, who was saved? Rahab and her family. Why? She was part of God's plan. But she was a prostitute. Yeah, but, 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 but she was the one who saved the children of Israel, and God gave her a second chance. I don't think any of us have been too bad that God can't offer us a second chance, that God can't give us a makeover. Think about Samson. <laughs> I mean, he had long hair. He was a hippie before there were hippies. He had issues. He had long hair. He's a womanizer. He's after chicks. Sounds like many of you, I'm sure, in your day hopefully not today, but in your day, you know, but there was hope for him. Peter denied Christ three times, but Jesus came, and, he, and, and when he came back, you know, after he was crucified, he came back and went after Peter. Why? Because it was a time for a makeover. He had to make sure Peter knew it was going to be okay. See, God's always been in that business, And the makeover that you need isn't somebody coming to your house. You don't need Ty Pennington coming to your house with his truckload of Sears appliances to to redo your your humble abode, knock all the walls down and build a a mansion in a a week. What we need truly is for God to, to, to be allowed in our life to do that kind of work. See, that's great. Somebody comes and does that and knocks the house down and builds a new one. But if there's not a change of life, if there's not a change of the person, all of that stuff will eventually decay. That whole situation looks rosy on the outside, but if there's not a change on the inside of whoever that person is, it will eventually end up in the same place, if not worse, than it was before. Right? The guy who had the demon cast out didn't fill it back up with the word. Who came back? Him and all his buddies. Him and his seven friends. It was worse. I coach golf, I teach golf, and so I was around golf all the time and I would watch people, they'd hit this club and they'd smack it and they'd go, oh, that was awesome. So they'd go out and they'd buy this club because the club was the fix, always outside. See, we always look outside. We don't necessarily look for a fix inside because the outward fix is easy. This guy's thinking, you know what, to fix my swing because I am so horrible. Usually what we say is this, I've been doing this so long I can't do anything else. So it's easier for me to go spend the money and buy this particular driver so that I can hit the ball okay, and I'm like, that's great. You know what? It's going to work for about a month. And then eventually your bad swing, your bad habits will eventually, they will overtake that new club too. It's true. In your life, if there's not a change in you, if there's not a change in who you are, all your habits and all your junk and all your stuff will eventually overtake you again then they go out and buy a new club i've watched people go through club after club after club and then my 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 question is well all you have to do is why don't you take a few lessons oh i don't have time oh it just doesn't feel natural to me well that uh, that thing you're doing can't feel natural it looks like you're trying to hatchet a snake and a big thing of weeds it doesn't even look like a golf swing i don't know what you're doing but see, we have, we have all these issues. We got all these. But see, we have, oh, no, see, that's, that's, that's me. That says the problem is mine. The problem isn't, you know, my clubs. See, watching TV and looking at all that stuff, we think, you know what? My answer isn't all that stuff. No, 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 no. no. Your answer's in the Word. Well, I need the dishwasher. Well, then you need to get in the Word. Begin to plant seed. Begin to go out and do somebody's dishes. Knock on your neighbor's house, do their dishes for a week. Oh, my gosh, why would I ever do that? Because you need a dishwasher. And if God said to go wash somebody else's dishes, then I'd go wash somebody else's dishes. Fix the inside. So be obedient to the word given to you. And then see if God doesn't do something on that other side when it comes to the makeover. All I want is that guy to drive it to my house and say, driver, move that bus, or whatever he says, you know. Because that's, that's what we want. We just want that to happen. But what we don't necessarily want is all the work that it took to get there. Necessarily fixing ourselves and who we are. But, but Jesus came and he told the guy with the withered hand, he said, stretch out your hand. He didn't wither up his other one. He stretched out his hand. And what happened? The guy's life changed. Makeover. You can go back and read from the beginning and read from the end of this book. And as you go back through, I'm telling you, continually, time over time over time, it talks about makeover. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought transformation. We come to Christ and we, we, we fall down at the altar or we, we weep some tears or whatever it might be as we come to him repentant and saying, Father, I have messed up, I have made mistakes, I need my life to change. And we give it over to him and then he begins the makeover process. Unlike Ty Pennington, it doesn't work in, in seven days. When you walk out of church that day, you are not complete. You have the opportunity to be complete and it says that God is completing in you, but when you walk out that door, there is a maturation process that takes place in your life. And now, really, truly, you are going to see the fangs of the enemy and the claws because now you have become an enemy of the enemy. Unbeknownst to you or whatever, you were on his team before. But when you come to Christ, now you are on the opposition. And now you will begin to see the full force. And now this determines whether or not we begin to see the real makeover that Christ has for us. Because now we have to make decisions. Now we have to be the ones who say, okay, I will hear the word. I will learn the Word. I will meditate the Word. I will purpose of my heart to live the Word. I will do what I can. I will wash my neighbor's dishes. I will give. See, I mean, it's time after time after point after point. I don't know what makeover you need in your life or what it might be. It's not about hair. It's not about, you know, all those kind of things. Is there a financial makeover in your life? Then there's an answer in the Word. Do you need a makeover in your marriage? Then there's an answer in the word. Do you need a makeover in your relationships? There's a message in the word for you. There's a makeover right here. Do you need help in your parenting? Does that need to be made over in your life? Then I'm telling you, seek it out in the word. Yes, buy a book. Yes, ask questions. Yes, get counsel, all those things. But hopefully all those things lead to one thing, the word. Because without renewal in your life, not just the renewal that happens at salvation, but then the continual renewal that happens in your life and mine as we follow Christ, without that renewal, then we're going to be the same. See, it says, renew. Second Corinthians five seventeen says that Jesus came to give his life for you and for me, and that as we receive him into our life, it says we are new creatures in Christ. The old man has been passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. So that's when we expect all of our problems to be taken care of That's when we expect like everything to be done. Like why would anything go wrong now? See, why is my past still hounding me? Why are all these things around because you're going through a makeover process and it's going to take some time You watch the show and they edit it to a point where it looks like it was quick and it was simple and it was easy I'm telling you Biggest Loser, they do a great job with people who need to lose weight and who are health-wise in difficult and desperate situations. They do a great job with them, but they're not eating Lay's potato chips on the side when they're not on camera. They're not sitting at the lake fishing. They work out all the time. They have dietitians and they have trainers and they have people who aren't just Bob and whoever else the other guy is now. They've got all of these people. They've got a team of people working on them, telling them when to get up, when to go to sleep, what to do, how to act, how to talk, how to smile, how to frown, how to do it, how to do it upside down, whatever it is. Why? Because it's important. You have to do the right things. And if you do the right things, the results will follow. But you just don't go off and just do whatever you want to do. In our case, spiritually, in our life, we have to follow the word. We have to know what God said. If you don't allow God to fix the inside of you and you just try to put on pretty stuff, you'll eventually stink. Right? If you have teenage boys or middle school boys, or Al's going to find this out in a few years when all 14 of her boys grow up start smelling, they'll put on enough cologne to make you think they took a bath. Right? But it gets hot in the car, and you realize real quick, who didn't take a bath? <laughs> See, you can get all, you think you can get all pretty on the outside, but if you don't let God do a makeover on the inside, if you don't let God fix all the little pieces and parts on the inside, if you don't allow him to transfer your life on, or transform your life on the inside, then eventually all the rest of you will stinketh as well. We painted our house a couple of years ago, and 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 we could have just got a big sprayer and just sprayed the daylights out of the thing, and been done real quick. But how many of you know? There's prep work that needs to be done. Somebody had to get out there and scrape that house for days and days and days. Hey, shh, don't steal my thunder. It was you, I know. Nobody else has to know. <laughs> Somebody had to get out there and wash it and scrape it, and then. Cock all the lines and all that hard work weeks and weeks wore me down watching her do all that <laughs> just about broke me down brad i couldn't but all i could take honey come down off that ladder you're making me tired <laughs> you can come help me i got go. ghost things at the church obviously a prayer session. God's calling me to something. (sighs) And then priming it and doing, see they did all that. Why? Well, it's so now two years later, we're not out there with all the stuff falling off the house. You got to do all that prep work. You got to do all the tough stuff. You got to do all the scraping and the scratching and all the things that you need to do before you put on that, that pretty coat. And in our life spiritually, this is what I'm I'm not saying that there's works that's going to get you to a place. I'm not saying there's going to be works that you do that get you salvation. That's not true. God did not ask us to do as in works anything for salvation. He actually said that you can't be saved. You're saved by grace through faith. It is not of works lest anyone should boast. See, so it's not about those works. He didn't ask us to do anything works-wise to come to him and be saved and him begin the transformation process in our life. But I will tell you this, after you get saved, there is some works to do. It's not about keeping your salvation. It's about growing in Christ and completing the makeover that he started in you. In James 1.22, look how old I'm getting. I have to put my glasses on to read. It's pitiful says james i'm sorry if some of you are like that i, I know your stuff I, I went to the doctor the other day and she gave me some contacts and i said look here's the deal man i i i can't see far away and i can't see it close up so i don't know what's wrong with me but if you'll stand like eight feet from me i can do everything you know if you could just follow me with a sign eight feet out i can see everything so she gave me these contacts and i said oh i can see everything i can see all that stuff out there these are awesome she said try to read and i was like wow that's i can't i can't even come close i said what am i supposed to do she said well go to cvs and you get these little thing called readers and they're 1.25 is what you need and i said i am not that old lady and she said yes you are sir (laughs) so uh somewhat vain in that area so i haven't done that yet so i'm that's why i go like this like this take my glasses off do it i'm getting a little beaten down by it but i found some cool readers they're purple with speckles all over them and they're little half-eye things you'll think i'm stoned but i'm not but if i wore them you would be like dude the guy's smoking pot i'm not i just i really like them they're really cool and uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna get those too so when i put those on what's up man (laughs) anyway I'm nearing vacation, by the way. If you have, come Sunday if you want to see the full effect, because I'll be leaving next week. So, <laughs> But James one twenty-two says that we're supposed to be a doer of the word and not just a what? Hearer only, because if we're a hearer only, then it goes on and says we would be deceiving ourselves. See, it's that process of really truly just being a hearer. Of, hearer. A lot of people can hear the word and regurgitate the word. I mean, have you ever, you know, you've been around folks. It says, man, they they talk a good game, but their life's just a wreck. You know, they talk like they took a shower, but boy, they smell. Well, there's a reason. See, if there's not the doing as you go forward, the doing's the thing that proves out your faith. And as God begins to grow you and mature you and perform this makeover in your life, He's going to continue. It's going to be Him, not you, but I'm telling you, He's going to ask you to do some things that you can't do. He's going to ask you to think some thoughts that seem really strange to your natural mind. He's going to ask you to say some things out of your mouth confession is important. There's power in your words. So as you begin to meditate and you begin to speak, he's going to ask you to meditate and speak things that don't make sense. But why would I do that? Because he's completing a makeover in your life. And for some of us, it's extreme from where we were two years ago to where we are today, or where we were five years ago to where we are today. Colossians chapter 3 Verse 1 and 2 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Now, Sandy, I'm going to go off and read just a little bit more. I'm going to read the the, the chapter 3 of Colossians. In verse 3 it says, For you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, I love that, put to death, get rid of, stop doing it. Put to death, therefore, whatever things belong to your earthly nature. I, I can't do that. I, I just can't help it. I can't stop. No, you, well, it, t- it says you can. I would probably just say you won't. I know, because I've been there. Says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God is coming to you. Used to walk in these ways, in the life that you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have, you have actually taken off your old self with its practices and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, those, that, is, that is part of a makeover process. I mean, this is, these are, you want to know, like, well, how does, this, how does this work for me? How can I make this happen in my life? What can I do? This. It's no different for you as it is for me. It's no different for the person next to you. You may see more of this in them than you. <laughs> We're better at that. I can tell you your wrongs more than I can think about them myself for me. But it goes on and it says you are God's chosen people. Verse 13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, wherever, sorry, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then it goes on and gets a little more particular. Verse 18 says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. All the husbands always go like, yeah. No, not like that. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. And the ladies say, "Yeah." Children, it says, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now think about your home. If you could just get those three things in your life working, how would your life change? See, if, if, if wives could be walking submissively with their husbands, but husbands be submissively by loving your wives, and children obeying their parents in everything, whew, extreme makeover. It's not new, man. It's been written down for a long time. But that would really, man, that would change some stuff. That would change some homes. That would change some people. That would change some kids. That could change generations. That's extreme makeover. Verse 21 says, Fathers, do not embitter your children, for they will will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters and everything and do it. Not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. How about that? I'm not even in Proverbs. <laughs> I mean, this is, just, this is Colossians. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Because you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be paid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. So as you go back, you begin to look at that. I mean, think about it. I mean, there's a lot that was mentioned in there. There was a lot that was that was talked about in the beginning of that passage, though So important in verse one and two before he gets to the end where he gets specific about different things In the beginning verse one and two paul begins to talk there in colossians and says "Hey, hey, listen set your minds on things above Don't set our minds on The reality show don't set our minds on what somebody did to us don't set our minds on where we want to go Don't set our minds on who we want to be It says, set your minds on things above where Christ is, the Word. Romans 12, 2, we know this. It says you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Word of God. If you read it in the Message Bible, though, it says, so here's what I want you to do, verse 1, God helping you, not by yourself, but God helping you, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, embracing that God does this for you, Sorry, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. The makeover is going to start where? On the inside, not on the outside. But if you set your gaze, your affection, your thoughts, your being, if you set your, your, your heart on those things that are above, if you set your heart to following after him, if you allow his word to affect you, it says that change will begin to happen from the inside out. Readily, it says, recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Many of you are probably like me. When your wife calls, you, you don't hear that, that frequency. But I, I'm not very smart, because when, when I finally don't answer, and then I come out, I say, what'd you want? Oh, start it. <laughs> See, I think I'm slick. When she says, hey, honey, can you do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I'm around the corner, I'm thinking, she probably did not think I can hear her. So then I come back a few minutes, and I want to be polite, because I want to do it. I just don't want to do it right now, right? But if you read that, it said, listen to what God was speaking, and it said, it said do what he asked you to do, respond quickly. So many of us are a little bit like, like me in that situation, and I come out. Now, I, tell, I give my tell all, all the time, like, what, what did you want? What did you need me to do? I thought you didn't hear me. Uh, I didn't. When God speaks to you, it says, respond quickly. Why? Because he's doing a work on the inside of you. Is it important for you to be made over? See, is it, is, is, we, we want to watch this show because that's where we, we're like, God, man, I just want to be like that. Could you just do that today? Well, hold on. You're in a process. And whether that's what God has for you or not, whatever, does not he has a process that he is taking you through. And if you will respond quickly today to the process that he has for you, then tomorrow will be that much more closer to who God wants you to be. But what you have to realize is, today, you are who he wants you to be. I've been fooled by this, and I've fallen into this trap and into this pit too many times in my life, thinking that someday I'm going to be that person. Well, what I've found is, over two years of someday trying to be that person, I've not been anybody for two years. Yet God has wanted me to be somebody for two years. See, each day of your life is important. And so as we continue to follow after him each day, we have to enjoy the day we are and believe that he's making us over. Then I know someday I'll be somebody different. I am different today than I was six months ago, than I was a year ago, than I was two years ago. So are you. Some way. The way we change, the way we allow God to make over our life, is to open ourselves up to him and meditate his word it goes on and it says unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity see doesn't that happen i mean you watch ax men long enough you'll start talking like that you watch moonshiners long enough you're going to start doing what you start acting like that you'll find yourself out in the backyard steve mowing in overalls with no shirt if you watch enough of that I know you think it's not possible, but I'm telling you, man, you'll, you'll end up there. He does swamp people. Okay, so if you watch swamp people enough, you're going to be out in the creek trying to pull up logs. With Gator, whatever that guy's name is. That's the dumbest show ever. These guys pull up dirty old logs that have been in a river for 100 years, and they get paid like $2,000 a foot. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I got good trees in my yard. Cut them all down. No, they dig them out of this swampy. You know how bad that smells? Anyway, thanks for getting me off the topic. But will you open yourself up? See, will we open ourselves up to that? Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, have you ever stopped watching TV and looked up and said, man, I just wasted like eight hours of my life? Okay, two, three, whatever, maybe not eight. God brings the best out of you, and he develops well-formed maturity in you. See, he wants, he wants to, and that's all we want. All we want is for him to do an extreme makeover in our life. What we don't like and what we don't usually enjoy is the process. We want quick fix. We want outside fixes. We don't want inside situations. Don't mess with me in that area. I'll give you 50%. Don't take the other 50%. I'll give you 75%. Don't take this 25%. I'll give you everything but not my money. You know what? I'll trust you for everything except my relationships. I'll trust you with everything except my health. Uh Uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. See, you can't have excuses. We all all have excuses. We all have reasons why it won't work. We can all look at the Word and say, wow, you know what? If I just did what Colossians 3 said, then that would be like, that's like three years worth of work for me. Be led by the Spirit, you know. I believe everything in here is good and worthwhile and worth doing. But you trust God because I know He has a plan for you like He has a plan for me. And then he wants to, to make your world over. And I'll tell you this. You may be here today and say, you know what? I've been walking with him for 20 years and things have been fantastic. That's great. He's got a makeover for you too because nobody's arrived. Nobody's made it. Nobody's gotten there all the way. You know, I think about Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and 4 when God was trying to, trying to pull him out of this place. We talked about it a week ago or two weeks ago. I mean, the dude just killed somebody. He was a murderer. And yet God was calling him at the burning bush into service for the kingdom. To bring this people, the children of Israel, to bring them out of bondage and and, and into God's promised land. And he picked Moses, a murderer, to do this. And not only a murderer, he stuttered. And, And he didn't have any self confidence. And he didn't think much of himself. Because when God began to pour out the plan to him, he kept saying, No, 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 God, you got the wrong guy. Nobody will ever believe me. And God said, Yes, they will. No, no, God, nobody ever, they'll never be able to understand me because I stutter and I don't speak well. And how could you call me to talk to all these people and be the mouthpiece of Israel if I can't talk? i am telling you what finally is when it was all done, god had told him all these things and throw down the staff and became a snake and pick up the snake became a staff and you know the story i mean it goes on and on i mean he was going back and forth with god telling him how it couldn't there's excuses for everything you've already thought of five of them why you can't change today in just the 15 25 minutes 30 minutes that we've been talking you've already got excuses why that's great for the person next to you but it's not going to work for you man god's not into excuses and he was getting really angry because, finally Moses said, "You know what? Pick somebody else. Don't just don't pick me." God was getting hot. He didn't like that. He didn't like that today. You don't like excuses from your kids. You don't like excuses from your coworkers. You don't like excuses from your neighbors. You don't like excuses from the people down. I mean, you don't like excuses either. Don't give excuses no more excuses yes god respond quickly like it said in romans 12 yes Lord. some of you say you know what i've been like this forever i don't know how to be any different get a new wardrobe man just change clothes now i don't mean like go out and shop because all you know ladies like Whoo-hoo-hoo! that's not what i mean use this example think about it this way you know, people who've been wearing stuff from 1974 and the bell bottoms or whatever those men, they're just not going anymore. And it's time to change. Yet every day, see, we, we put on the same thing. I, I, I can fall into that rut. If I like a shirt, I'll buy 12 of them, all the different colors that they make, and that's all I'll wear. That's good. At one point when I taught school, I had a closet full of khaki pants. They were all almost exactly alike. I didn't change. That's what I wore, that's who I was, that's what I put on every day. See, spiritually we do the same thing. Spiritually, you, you wake up each morning and you carry along the junk in your life that you carried on yesterday. You don't know why, you don't really want it. I didn't want to wear khaki pants and those shirts. I just didn't know how to change. I would even go and I'd get in a dressing room and I'd put on a bunch of crazy stuff and I'd think... That's, yep, take it back off, and I'd go home, put on my khaki pants and my same old shirt, man. It's just the same, same stuff. In Ephesians 4, it says that we're supposed to go and we're supposed to put on the new man. See, we put it on, we put on the new man. Like, literally, like, you got to, like, okay, you got to clean out the closet spiritually in your life, and you got to fill it up with new stuff. Now, you don't have to go shopping. You don't have to go to the store for it. You don't have to spend any money for it. What do you got to do? You got to learn this thing right here extreme makeover this is the manual and as you begin to renew your mind romans 12 to the word of god it begins to change who you are you begin to understand what it says set your mind on things above not on things beneath like it said in colossians 3 1 and 2 that puts you on the route to fulfilling the rest of colossians chapter 3 and ephesians chapter 4 it says that you will put if you'll just put on the new man just put on the new you it says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in their futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness and greediness. But you have not so learned Christ if you indeed... If you indeed have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus Christ, that you put off concerning the former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on your new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put it on, put it on, put it on. Clear out the closet and begin to put on the new man. Who doesn't want a new wardrobe? I mean, maybe you're running around and, and your life's just a mess. I'm telling you what, God can, God can re-clothe you today. He says, when you get saved and you come to Him, He gives you a robe of righteousness. Your own robe of righteousness, He gives to you. He reclothes you immediately. When Adam and Eve made a mistake and He set them outside the garden, the first thing He did when He got them outside the garden was clothe them. He's about it. That's what He does. So in our lives... As we seek and search, because we all do. We're all looking for a makeover. As we seek and search a makeover in our life, for whatever season we're in or whatever direction we're going, I just implore you today, I implore of you, make it about the Word. Don't make it about what you saw on TV. Don't make it about what happened in somebody else's house next to you. Don't make it about your wife or your kids. Don't make it about some other situation. You make it about the Word. Because this is where the power is. This is where the fulfillment is. This is is where all all your good stuff comes out here. Find out what God says about you and what you should be doing and then quickly respond. And as you do, I'm telling you, you'll see makeover in your life.